Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we take a look at the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations. It's on in Mozambique, with seven teams taking part in the fifth edition, with Senegal the defending champions. They show they really love their country, and that's the most important when you play for your national team. More on that later as we ask how relevant beach soccer is in Africa. Also, we analyse the teams that have made it through to the group stage of the CAF Champions League and Stuart on the English Premier League and on Karim Benzema winning the Ballon d'Or. Firstly, in brief, the FIFA Under-17 Women's World Cup is on in India and two of the three African teams have made it through to the quarter-finals. Nigeria playing the USA on Friday and Tanzania facing Colombia on Saturday. More on the Under-17 Women's World Cup on next week's show. So the teams that are through to the group stage of the CAF Champions League have been decided with the first round second legs played last weekend. TP Mazembe of DR Congo lost on penalties to Vipers of Uganda in a big surprise and Mazembe fired their coach Frank Dumas with immediate effect as the Frenchmen failed to make it to the group stage for the second time in a row. And Mazembe fired every member of the club's football management committee with the exception of the secretary. Elsewhere, the defending champions Widad Casablanca of Morocco beat Rivers United of Nigeria 6-0 in the second leg to take the tie 7-2. Al-Athli of Egypt beat US Monastir of Tunisia 4-0 on aggregate. Esperance of Tunisia beat Nigeria's Plateau United 1-0 with a controversial late penalty to win the tie on away goals. And Horoya of Guinea qualified for the group stage for the seventh time in a row, beating Asek Mimosas of Ivory Coast 2-1 on aggregate. Well, the group stage starts next February, so it's a long way away because of the World Cup and then the African Nations Championship. So we'll have nine teams from North Africa, two from West Africa, two from the East, two from the South, and AS Vita of DR Congo from Central Africa. Your thoughts on the teams that made it, Ida? Well, first things first. I mean, what a horrible time for Nigerian clubs, Steve. All of them out of their respective competitions and at the hands of North African teams. We have Rivers and Plateau who dropped to the Confederation Cup from the CAF Champions League, while Quara United, who were initially in the Confederation Cup, were knocked out entirely by RS Berkane. It's something that's continued the debate on what exactly is ailing Nigerian football. Rivers United especially, well, they'd gotten some excited, you know, with that first leg win over the defending champions. Steve, it was excitement that had even seen them promised some form of financial reward. That was if they bundled out the Moroccans. Well, it didn't happen, but even with one man down, Steve, more of a fight was still expected, you know, as opposed to that 6-0 thrashing that happened. But look, that win must have come as huge relief for weirded coach Hussein Amuta. Now, he'd been coming under pressure, especially after losing the CAF Super Cup to Berkane. 
and then falling in that first leg in Nigeria. So that was good for him. As for TP Mazembe, well, it's interesting, Steve, to see how far the club has fallen. I mean, these are five-time African champions after all. Their most recent win was back in 2015. That's not too long ago, you know. And uh, TP Mazembe now, after this, will see former skipper Pamphile Mihayo take charge on a third stint until at least the end of the season. Mihayo Steve, he captained the team in the final of the 2010 Club World Cup. So once again, you see how things can really change very quickly. Let's look at Mamelodi Sundowns. Well, interestingly, they just missed equaling the record for overall winning margin in a CAF Champions League qualifier <laughs> that they set, coincidentally enough, back in 2020, when uh, they won 16-1 aggregate against another Sicilian club. Now, this time they took it 15-1, so it was just one goal short. <laughs> uh, an honorable mention for first-timers Vipers SC from Uganda. This is a major milestone for the club to be taking part in their maiden top-tier continental competition. Yes, well done to Vipers of Uganda. So all set uh, for the group stage of the Champions League, which will get underway in February of next year. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, show brought to you by Passion for Sport to the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations. It starts in Mozambique this weekend with the final on the 28th of this month. It's the fifth edition. Nigeria withdrew two weeks before the tournament. That leaves seven teams in Group A, the hosts, Mozambique, Malawi and Morocco. In Group B, there's Senegal, Uganda, Madagascar and Egypt. Well, Senegal are the defending champions. They've won the last three editions and they came fourth at last year's Beach Soccer World Cup. They prepared for this tournament by winning the Kasafa Beach Soccer Tournament in South Africa, where they were a guest nation in the Southern African competition. Here's their coach Mamadou Jallo speaking to Kasafa. This game has to show me when I go to African Cup because I play against Uganda, I play against Egypt and I'm the same team that show that that show that this African Cup will be not very easy for any team. And I'm very happy with my players and I'm very happy for the team because the most important they show they have good, good character and they show they really love their country and that's the most important when you play for your national team. Yeah, it's very important to win this this trophy because now in 20-something days, the team going to go to in, in, in Mobutu. And for me, it was very good to show example if Senegal can win the African Cup. They, they show it here, and they will go to show it in African Cup. A Senegal coach, Mamadou Jallo, speaking to Kasafa. So this is the fifth edition of the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations. Is it growing in relevance, would you say, Ida? You know what, Steve? I do. I do think it's growing in relevance. I mean, you look at the numbers alone, right? And at least according to the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, the number of teams participating in qualification rounds has almost doubled over time. So I'll stick to the African context for this. And in 2006, for example, when the Beach Soccer World Cup was a year old, we had six teams in qualification, you fast forward to 2015 and there were 20, which is the highest to date. 2021, there were 14, I believe, and that was in and around COVID. About Nigeria's withdrawal, well, reports say that it was due to a lack of funds, which is quite unfortunate if the case. 
Remember, they also missed the 2021 edition. Look, I personally doubt that the West African country withdrew due to maybe a lack of taking the tournament seriously. And especially if you take into account their experience in the competition. I mean, not just in Africa, Steve, but on the global stage. Because remember that this tournament doubles up as a qualifier for the Beach Soccer World Cup. The top two teams from Africa go through. Steve, Nigeria have appeared six times in the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, their best performance being a quarterfinal. As for the Afghan, well, they've gotten to the finals twice. They were bronze medalists in 2015. So this is very decent traction, one would imagine at least, that they would like to continue. Going back to the World Cup and Senegal have, of course, represented the continent the most eight times. They have a fourth place finish as their best performance and they will no doubt look at this Afghan as a formality as well, truth be told, to get back to the global stage, you know, where they can hopefully do one or more better. The likes of Cameroon, Ivory Coast, South Africa, well, they're all missing from this Afghan. Some of them have actually gone all the way to the World Cup before, twice even, So it would be interesting to know why the sport has seemingly dwindled in their countries. But as we've said, Steve, the Afghan beach soccer is a relatively young competition, just 16 years old. Came about when FIFA took over beach soccer in 2005 and basically mandated its confederations to hold qualifiers, you know, to determine those who would represent the continents globally. Before the competition was run by FIFA, well, countries took part basically through invites. So Morocco, Senegal, and Madagascar were some of the first teams to arrive in Mozambique. Others have since joined them, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, thanks, Ida. Asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. What do you think about the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations on in Mozambique with seven teams taking part in the fifth edition, Senegal, the defending champions? Uh, So what do you think about the tournament? Uh, Are you excited? Is it relevant to you? And uh, do you think that Africa should take more interest in beach soccer? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think about the Beach Soccer Africa Cup of Nations? Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, more on the Enoch Mwepu story. As last week we heard that the Zambia and Brighton midfielder has been forced to retire from football at the age of 24 because of a hereditary heart condition. Uh, Brighton said that Mwepu would be at an extremely high risk of suffering a potentially fatal cardiac event if he continued playing. So we asked, what do you think about the early end to his career? How far could he have gone? Do you think he might even come back? Uh, Let's start in Zambia. And Emma says, I'm very hurt about this. And Chris Simasiku, also in Zambia, says, God Almighty knows he's the God of the second chance. Get well soon, Captain Enoch Mwepu, says Chris. In Uganda, Josvat Wangi says, how can he be helped uh, as the likes of Christian Eriksson have managed to continue their career? And we have this voice note from the Gambia from Balong Baji. 
I mean, I think his uh, future would have been more brighter if it was not his untimely retirement. Seeing him back, I would love that, but I doubt that. Anyway, I wish him uh, all the best. Well, thanks, Balong. Also in the Gambia with another voice note, here's Ebrima Kante. I have watched him for the past six months and he really impressed me. But as the, as the saying goes, man propose, God decides. I'm sure the destiny, his destiny, and everyone's destiny is in the hands of God. This is really devastating because football is a very nice sport. And to take that sport as your career, suddenly for it to be end like this, it's honestly heartbreaking. But all what we can do is to, to pray for him, to tell him that uh, not to give up. Maybe he can be a coach, or he can be an administrator, or he can even be an ambassador of football to his country or his club but in whatever way he wishes to i'm just urging him for him to stay in the beautiful sports well thanks there to ebrima kante also in the gambia chimex says only god can heal him as the doctors have shown the limits of their power good luck bro says a chimex and many others have felt that Mwepu needs the power of God in this situation. George Conte in Sierra Leone says, With God, all things are possible. This is a small thing for Jesus, and miracles still exist, says George. Mohamed Hoblos in the Gambia says, Well, this is really sad news to Enoch, to his family, and all the Brighton fans all over the world. He's really exceptional. I watched him a few times with Brighton, and all the best of luck in your next chapter. We shall remember you in our hearts forever says Mohammed. then Chio Joke Peters in Nigeria says my advice for him is to go into coaching uh, but Violet Toe commented saying isn't coaching a stress on the heart he needs a stress-free life at the moment Emmanuel Hojo Kojo is in Zimbabwe. Emmanuel says, I'm encouraged that you look to have accepted the change in the course of your career. I wish you all the very best in all you do. Well done, says Emmanuel. And Peter Sanyoni, also in Zimbabwe, says it's so sad, but things will work out for your good. Harun Songo says, be safe, legend. I still remember the goal you scored against my darling team, Arsenal. It was so superb, says Harun. Uh, in Nigeria, Eluema Chiamezi says his life is more important to him than his football career. He can still excel in other things besides playing football. And Afiskani Chisi says, love from Malawi, Mwepu, loved watching you. And we had many, many other messages there expressing uh, feelings about uh, the sad situation for Enoch Mwepu. And with some more reflections, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. Mwepu had gone away on a trip to Mali with the Zambia national team when he fell ill on the plane. After undergoing extensive tests, doctors diagnosed a hereditary heart condition, which left him no option but to retire as a player. Nicknamed the computer, and because of his phenomenal reading of the game, Mwepu had begun to establish himself in the Premier League, winning Brighton's goal of the season last season for his long-range strike against Liverpool at Anfield. Popular with the players, the fans and the club staff for his upbeat personality and positive attitude, he was a player who many felt had all the attributes to become a massive talent with the best yet to come. Now, besides the heartfelt tributes from Planet Sport Football Africa listeners, Mwepu's former manager, Graham Porter, now at Chelsea, said he's a fantastic person, so whatever he does, he will succeed in his life. But it's a shame 
we won't see him on the football pitch. A Brighton teammate, Danny Welbeck, tweeted he was devastated to hear the news of Mwepu's retirement, adding a great player and a truly great guy. Family and health is way more important than football. Enoch will shine off the pitch too, no doubt. Mwepu himself tweeted that he had lived his dream by reaching the Premier League and that he wanted to stay involved with football. Hopes were that along with Leicester City's Patson Daka and Rangers striker Fashion Sakala, Mwepu would be instrumental in leading Zambia to bigger and better things. All three are players who have spoken publicly about their Christian faith and the fact that they rely on God to sustain them and their families and that any glory that comes from their sporting achievements should be reflected back to their creator. Back in 2019, while at Red Bull Salzburg, Mwepu spoke to us about his faith. There's a God who makes a way where there is no way. And I believe that uh, he's the creator of the heavens, he's the creator of the earth. And all things that happen for God's purposes. Even if we may face challenges, we may face bad situations, tribulations in life. But if the Bible says in, in Hebrews 11 that if you believe, and have trust in the Lord, and have faith in you, you have what you have, what you need, what your heart desires to at that particular time. So as a footballer, as I, you know, as a footballer, I desire to be like who I am today, pray football in Europe, pray football at the topmost level, and if I have faith in the Lord, always worshiping Him day and night, meditating about His Word, I think that is the only solution of prosperity and success because it's good to do things uh, in a Christianity way that uh, that not only for the world to think, but also for our salvation after football, after life. This is uh, why our faith in God. That's uh, Enoch Mwepu speaking to us in 2019. Now, despite such traumatic recent news and uncertainties of his future direction, Mwepu knows that as a follower of Jesus, ultimately he's already a winner because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. His value is not in doubt. He's made in the image of God like every human being, and his future is secure in Christ. Staying rooted in his faith, shared by his wife and family, he knows that success in life is all about obedience, following Jesus where he leads. His plans may have been changed, and it will take time, to come to terms with that. But he can be sure God will want to use his talents, his character and his experience in the days and years ahead. We may not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Well, thanks there to Ephraim Tagu. You can uh, read more on this uh, on our blog on our website. Uh, that's planetsport.tv and you click on the blog section This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
Well, next to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK and Real Madrid and France forward Karim Benzema won the Ballon d'Or award on Monday. This given to the best footballer of last season. Sadio Mane was second. He also won the inaugural Socrates Award. That's a humanitarian prize for his charity work.、Uh, no surprise that Benzema took it, Stuart. Well, you know, Steve, from 2008 to 2021. Uh, Luka Modric won the award once, and every other year it was either Ronaldo or Messi. So that era has passed, with, as you say, Benzema winning from Mane and De Bruyne a third. It's hard to dispute the claim of Benzema. In a stellar career with Real Madrid, he's won La Liga four times, the Champions League five times. He scored two hundred and twenty-three. League goals in his career at Madrid, but as you say, of course, it's based on last season. And last season, he scored 27 goals in 31 league games as Real Madrid finished top of La Liga. But you know, there are strikers who score goals and strikers who score important goals. And that Real Madrid won the Champions League last season was really down more to Benzema than to anyone else in the round of the last 16. Paris Saint-Germain were leading two nil in Madrid on aggregate, with just half an hour of the tie to go. PSG looked to be in control of the game, in control of the tie. That was until Benzema scored three goals in 17 minutes, and Real Madrid had snatched an unlikely victory. And then in the quarter-final, a tricky tie against Chelsea, and in the first leg in London. Benzema scored another hat trick in 46 minutes, and the tie was over. Manchester City in the semi-final, and the second leg reached the 90th minute, with Manchester City two goals up on aggregate. Real scored two in a minute, took it into extra time, and guess who was there to score the winning goal? But Benzema, I think, is well. You might call him the complete striker: strong, good with his head. Right foot, left foot, reads the game well, gets into good scoring positions. He was born in France, but of Algerian parents, and he's very honest about his dual nationality, saying Algeria is my parents' country, and it's in my heart too. In fact, Algeria is my country. But then he went on to explain that it's really for pragmatic sporting reasons that he chose to play for France rather than Algeria. Simply because he thought he could win more, and he's closing in on a hundred appearances for France. One negative to mention away from football is that in 2021 he was found guilty of blackmailing a teammate over a sexual matter and received a one-year suspended sentence and was fined seventy-five thousand euros. Yes, as you say, Bayern Munich and Senegalese striker Sadio Mane. Is the first winner of the Socrates Award. He earned this by paying for a hospital and funding several schools in his hometown of Bambali. The hospital alone is thought to have cost him half a million dollars, and he was also instrumental in helping his country to deal with COVID-19, donating it's reported fifty thousand dollars to help against COVID. You know, we often moan at the large sums of money footballers are paid. Isn't it great to see someone using his wealth so generously? The Real Madrid goalkeeper、uh, Thibaut Courtois 
won the Lev Yashin Prize as the best goalkeeper in the world. Now, if you're my age, you certainly remember Yashin as the legendary Russian goalkeeper in the 1960s. But Courtois had a bit of a sting in the tail, because accepting his award, he then criticised the Ballon d'Or, saying they'd had to do a special award for goalkeepers, because the Ballon d'Or always goes to strikers, and goalkeepers had no chance of winning it. Interesting thoughts there, Steve. Yeah, some controversial comments uh, from Courtois. And it's been a busy time in the English Premier League. We had midweek matches, wins there for Liverpool and for Manchester United. And uh, going back to last weekend, Stuart, uh, what a way for Liverpool to return to form in the league with a 1-0 win over Manchester City. Yes, inflicting the first defeat of the season on Manchester City with that 1-0 win. Twice in the game, Mo Salah found space to be one-on-one with the City goalkeeper. The first time, Emerson got a hand to his shot, sending it past the post, but the second time, Salah found the net for the only goal of the game. But there was an awful lot of controversy around that, because when the score was nil-nil, Phil Foden put the ball in the Liverpool net. But on the advice of VAR, the referee disallowed the goal for a foul by Haaland in the build-up to the goal. It certainly was a foul, but the referee missed it and again raised the question of how far back in the play should VAR go to disallow a goal. Pep Guardiola made some quite silly remarks about the disallowed goal, saying this is Anfield, implying that visiting teams don't get any decisions when they're playing at Liverpool's ground. And he was hit by a coin which was thrown from the crowd. And then late in the game, the referee missed what was an obvious foul on Mo Salah and Jurgen Klopp went ballistic and argued so vehemently with the assistant referee and the fourth official that he was shown a red card. As you say, there had been a set of midweek fixtures as well and the most significant result really was Manchester United beating Tottenham. That leaves Tottenham still second equal on points in the league table behind Arsenal. But, you know, Steve, they've yet to win a game this season against a team in the top half of the table. So maybe a little bit of a false position. Manchester United are now fifth in the table. You know, it's a strange season for them. Conceding six to Manchester City, losing 4-0 to Brentford, but at the same time beating Arsenal, Liverpool and Tottenham, three of the big six teams. Now, Steve... There was a really interesting incident in Manchester United's 0-0 draw with Newcastle um, last Sunday. Newcastle had a free kick just outside their own penalty area. Fabian Scher put the ball down and kicked it to goalkeeper Nick Pope. Cristiano Ronaldo reacted quickly, kicked the ball away from Pope and put it in the net. But the referee not only decided that the free kick had not been taken... So the, because the ball had, was not live, but he showed Ronaldo a yellow card. Personally, I thought Ronaldo had a very strong case because Cher put the ball down and kicked it. Doesn't that constitute taking a free kick? I would have thought so. Now, an odd stat, Steve, is in the first seven weekends of the Premier League, there were at least 28 goals every weekend in the 10 games. But... In the last 16 Premier League games, there have been just 21 goals, 4 nil nil draws and several 
1-0 results. So where have all the goals gone? Finally, Steve, the new Chelsea manager, Graham Potter, has made a big call dropping the Senegalese goalkeeper, Edouard Mendy. You know, most people thought he was one of the best keepers in the Premier League last season. But Potter has reinstated Kepa. Kepa only started 10 games in total in the last two seasons, but it looks now as if he has become the Chelsea number one. Yes, and uh, Chelsea host Manchester United on Sunday in the big game of the weekend in the Premier League. And Cristiano Ronaldo won't be part of the United squad for the game. Remember that Ronaldo left the bench early and went to the dressing room before the end of Wednesday's win over Tottenham, uh, for which he was an unused substitute. Uh, That's uh, clearly aggravating the situation further with manager Eric Ten Hag. Thanks, Stuart. So, English Premier League this weekend on Saturday. Liverpool away to Nottingham Forest. Everton hosting Crystal Palace. Man City at home to Brighton. And Chelsea-Manchester United, the late game on Saturday. That's the big one of the weekend. Uh, On Sunday, Aston Villa really struggling after a 3-0 loss to Fulham. They host Brentford. It's a Leeds against Fulham. It's Arsenal away to Southampton after their midweek Europa League victory. Wolves are playing Leicester and a Tottenham against Newcastle. Castle and there's a game on Monday as well that's West Ham against Bournemouth and the games just keep on rolling with UEFA Champions League matches next Tuesday and next Wednesday lots of football to fit in before the FIFA World Cup kicks off next month in Qatar well that's it for the show for this week so from me Steve Vickers in Harare from Ida Waringa in Nairobi and from Stuart Weir in the UK thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.